everyone. This is Jenny Earhart with the Southern Sisters Radio Program. Check out our website at southernsistershome.com. We post all of our fabulous recipes every week on the blog section. We love to hear from our listeners. Email me at radio at southernsistershome.com. Welcome to Southern Sisters Radio, the show for Southern women and the men who adore them. Join us as we celebrate life from a Southern point of view. Now, here's your host, Jenny Earhart. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Southern Sisters Radio Program. It is so good to be back on the air with y'all. I have been away for a little while. You know, life, right? It does. It gets in the way sometimes. Yes, life and the flu. <laughs> right. Life and the flu. Now, I have to admit, it wasn't actually me that had the flu, right? But my administrative assistant at Southern Sisters, bless her little heart, Jeanette, she was down for 10 days Yikes. with this nasty version of the flu that's been, you know, yeah, cycling really, through everybody. It's a really bad one. I've had the same issue, too. My my fiance got it. My oh, son got it. My oh, daughter had man. it. You know, or she's got it right now. She's They're all fighting it. through it. And uh, something interesting the doctor told us when, the, when my daughter just got yeah. diagnosed with the flu just two days ago now, uh, they said, you know, the, this one is very, very resilient against the flu shot. Yeah. 70-something percent of the cases of the flu that have been reported this mm-hmm. year in yeah. Georgia mm-hmm. have been people who got the flu shot. Yikes. Right. Yeah. Ah. It's a booger of a flu, isn't yeah, it's it? A bad it's a one. nasty, nasty bad. germ. In fact, it has been so uh, sort of devastating, really, that we're, we're going to devote the entire second segment to what you need to know about the 2018 flu. Ooh. I don't know if that sounds like a really exciting topic, but we're going to make it fun what because you're going well, to learn a lot, right? Yes. We're going to learn some, some myths about it and, and what you need to know and, and what may help you get through this season without falling victim to it. Oh, please. It's been nasty. Uh, but, you know, I've missed y'all. Yes, we've been away. We've done, done a few little reruns. Okay, so those who have been email me and complaining about the uh, the reruns. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. She doesn't love you any less. Please forgive me. No more reruns. Okay. We're back in the studio. I've missed missed Nick so much. He's just such an integral part of our show and I've missed you listeners. So we are going to hit 2018 hard and right. running hard. We got a lot of things to cover. I do want to tell you though, we've got kind of a big announcement. Yes, kind of big news. It's big for us. We think it might be big for y'all. We think it's actually quite cool. Mm -hmm. We are relocating. Indeed. You will still always hear my show either on Facebook Live or we will continue to be on Salem Media Group on Saturdays at uh, a.m. 920 Mm -hmm. at noon every every weekend. But we're actually going to be recording our show from our brand new very impressive. Right. Mm -hmm. Beautiful Southern Sisters Radio Studio at the the, uh, the Battery Atlanta. Yes, right there where the Braves play. Oh, right at SunTrust Park. Literally, you can look out our window and see SunTrust Park right there. Yes, it's exciting. I'm yeah. pumped for this. If, this I is could, a- if I could throw a baseball, which I can't, I could probably hit the side <laughs> of the stadium. That's how close we are, right? Yes, we're close. It is a fully dedicated Southern Sisters studio. Southern I'm Sisters looking forward studio. to it. Yeah, we encourage you guys to come out and say hello to us, right? Yeah, please. You can come on over there. We are located in Spaces, which mm-hmm. is, we are going to be right literally across the, the, the intersection caddy corner from the, is it the third base entrance? I yes, think I think it's it is the, the third, third base, base entrance. entrance. Yeah, we're, we're actually pretty much right next door to the Roxy. We are right, right next door to the Roxy Theater. Yeah, which my daughter's been to. It is a pretty sweet place. I think I'm too old for that kind of place. Oh, come on. You're never know. too old. I don't know. You're never too All old. these weird You could concerts. probably get in there and party. Just you think so? <laughs> I'm sure you can get down. Do a little white man's overbite. <laughs> little dancing. I don't know. But that's where we're going to be, guys, effective next weekend. So when you hear us, we will be broadcasting live, or not live, we will be recording 
and then broadcasting, right? right? <laughs> Not live. We will be recording and then broadcasting our show from the new Southern Sisters Radio Studio mm-hmm. at the Battery Atlanta. So, woo! Yes, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a blast. Well, do you know that um, this weekend is very important, Nick? Oh. Saturday is National Chocolate Cake Day. What? Which I think is every day. <laughs> That's true, but now you have an even better excuse. Every right? day, right? Yes. Absolutely do. And Sunday is National. Wait for it, Blueberry Pancake Day. Yes, two of my favite things all awesome. rolled into one weekend. Love so that's it. what we're going to be talking about in the third segment. After the half, we're going to come back. I am going to share with you a really super easy recipe. Get it? Chocolate cake in a mug. Oh. You can do it in the microwave. What? It's decadent and delicious. And my key to fluffy pancakes. Ooh. There's a little trick and there's a little science lesson behind it as well. Okay. We're also going to talk about some of the keys to happiness. Right. Oh, yes. Yeah, we're going to do some little brain exercises that are going to increase, increase our chances of being happy individuals. Mm. And of course, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to talk a little bit about this nasty, nasty, awful flu that has <laughs> taken hold of so many of us. Kick it in the butt. <laughs> so you guys don't go too far away. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Southern Sisters Radio Show. Oh, guess what this topic is all about? Mm, women and guns. Oh, really? Now, I got to tell you, I, I know that my husband has told me more than once that he thinks a woman with a gun is a very sexy thing. I would agree with that statement, yeah. It may depend on who she's pointing it at, though. That is a very big caveat, absolutely. Right? <laughs> If she's pointed at you, I would say that might put a little damper on the romance. What do you think? <laughs> but, you know, I'm a big fan of women's and gun, mostly guns, but mostly because I'm a big fan of the Second Amendment and our right to keep and bear them. I have often said that from a female perspective, and, and ladies, you know what I'm talking about, I kind of regard a gun as an equalizer. You know what I'm saying? Very true. Okay, so men typically, genetically, are larger, bigger, heavier more upper body strength, right? Um, so for a woman, in terms of, uh, you know, when you consider her self-defense, you know, a gun is something that can kind of put her on a little bit more of a level playing field if she is dealing with uh, someone who may, uh, you know, have ill intentions toward her. Right. Doesn't matter how big you are. That hurts. It hurts. Bad. It's going to put it. It's going to it's going to ruin your day. Right. It's gonna, it's gonna it's gonna ruin your day, but I gotta tell you, I stumbled across a YouTube video recently, and I wanted to share a little bit of it with you, uh, or at least tell you about it. It is a woman who has uh, basically utilizing something that allows her to carry a concealed weapon on her body. Okay? okay, so I was watching the video, and I could not tell where she had that gun hidden. I mean, she turned around. She was wearing fairly form-fitting clothes, like a pair of shorts and kind of a a tight tight shirt and i i didn't see it anywhere oh uh-huh she was hiding it very well let's let's back up a little bit and talk about this first so if you were to picture the gun owners of america right and it is probably all too easy to imagine bearded white guys toting long barrel shotguns into pheasant country right (laughs) you admit it a lot of y'all do think of them that way but these days a curiously large proportion of u.s gun uh, gun owners are are women Right. And more gun uh, gun owners than ever are arming themselves for self-defense. Yes. Now, I will tell you that as the mother of three 20 something daughters, um, they they all arm themselves. 
Good. And as they for, should. for all three of them, a a concealed well, a, a I should say a handgun for personal self defense was a gift that they received on each of their twenty first birthdays. Awesome. From Mama. <laughs> Mama McCormick made sure that her daughters were packing. <laughs> yes, Good. I did. Good. And let's be fair. I mean, I think <laughs> in the current all of the yep. Me Too climate and everything else, I right. think that it kind of proves that having something like that with you is not a bad thing at I, all. I completely agree. And and that is not to say that um, that owning the gun itself is, is enough by itself. Responsible gun ownership is what we're talking about yes. here. Okay? Safety training. Right. You know what I'm saying? And there are so many places that you can get these, these safety courses where you can learn how to handle the gun, how to properly store the gun, you know, so that doesn't nobody accidentally gets hurt. And a lot of your municipalities will actually offer that training for free. Isn't that wonderful? You just got to look it up. Yeah. No, it's it's no kidding. You know, I actually had a situation within the past six months where I was followed by somebody. It was very strange. The same person uh, on four different occasions followed me from my home into the neighboring areas not too far from my home. And what, at oh. one time, the sheriff actually got involved. It was shortly after that that I went to the courthouse and renewed my um, concealed carry yes. permit. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And I, even me, and I know how to handle a gun, it's always a good idea to have a refresher course. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, accidents can happen. Right. So we want to always make the very best possible decisions that we can make regarding arming ourselves and yet keeping everybody else around us that we don't want to hurt safe. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So, guys, who is, you may ask yourself, who is the new American female gun owner and what is she taking up arms against? Well, on any given day, there are an infinite number of objects that you might find in a woman's bra, besides her personal parts, right? Okay. Maybe a credit card, some folded up cash, you know, maybe a tube of lipstick if she's feeling fancy. I've been known to stick pens in there, my writing (laughs) pens, and then forget about them. And then then at night they fall out onto the floor. Yeah, that's not good. (laughs) But but here's but of a never ending one sided battle between women's clothing and functional pockets. The bra has over the years become a repository for the small, important items that women want with them at all times. Okay, ladies, you know what I'm talking about. Guys, you're married to a woman. You know what I'm talking about. Which is why the bra of 42 year old pharmacist Lola often contains a gun. To be specific, a Smith and Webson. Smith and Wesson, <laughs> uh-huh. a Smith and Wesson M&P Shield nine millimeter, less than one inch thick. The four hundred and forty nine dollars shield is a matte black semi-automatic double action pistol with an eight round magazine, plus the ability to have a ninth bullet in the chamber. Lola carries it every place it's legal to do so, whether that's in her bra or in a waist holster which in her home state of Florida is just about everywhere except courthouses, schools, government buildings, airports, career centers, and post offices. Those are the places she can't take it. And it's her preference for the flash bang bra holster that first caught my attention. So under her internet nom de plume, Lola Strange, Lola stars as an instructional and delightful, I might add, YouTube video about her holster of choice. In the video, Lola says that one reason she, along with her husband Hank, loves the flashbang holster is that it offers a little extra lift in the cleavage department. How about that? (laughs) Now, for most of her life, Lola believed guns were just something you saw on TV, and it was always the bad guys who had them. 
But three years ago, Hank took an interest in learning how to use a gun for self-defense, and he encouraged his wife and two teenage sons to do the same. Now, today, Lola never leaves the house without her Smith & Wesson, and she says having a gun alone isn't going to save your life, she says, but at least that gun gives you the opportunity to have some kind of equal ground with whoever. That's what we were just talking about, right? Now, I'll say what Lola won't, folks. A gun isn't just a weapon, right? It's also an unambiguous way to signal to someone that they should leave you alone. Right. Okay? And, you know, and if you're a woman in need of an unambiguous way to signal that someone should leave (laughs) you alone, then history, data, and plain old common sense that comes from living in the world suggests that somebody is more than likely a man. Men commit 97% of the gun violence in this country. Right. Yep. So ladies, there's nothing wrong. If you, if you have know a woman, love a woman, married to a woman, have a daughter. Um, it's a concern, right? Yes. Safety is an issue that we all worry about yes. all the time. I know that um, I feel better just knowing, um, you know, that my daughters are armed. Mm-hmm. Certainly. Chances are you will never, ever need to use it. Yes, God willing, you never have to pull it from the holster. You really don't have to. You Except know? to clean it and go to the range. Exactly. Now, for those of us that grew up in homes where guns were kind of, you know, around the house, my dad was a hunter, mm. you know. So I, it, it's not shocking to me to see them. We had, he had a gun that leaned against, <laughs> he kept it behind the front door. It leaned in the <laughs> corner, like behind the front door. <laughs> yeah. He used to joke that it was for any, you know, potential boyfriend that might come to. Uh, makes sense. Come to pick me up. That's how I feel. Right. A lot of times. Do you really? Yeah. <laughs> well, if you have a daughter, you know, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but no, it's definitely something I think in this day and age that we just uh, we can't be too careful. Right. You know, and I don't as long I think is that you are taking the precautions that you need to to make sure that you are educated in the use and care of that firearm. Then I say more power to you. Yes, absolutely. Right. You can you just got to make the smart decision and yeah. have it with you. Yeah. In case. And don't fiddle with it. Don't play right. with it. Yes. You know, I remember I remember years ago, um, my brother was was fooling around with a gun and it actually went off in the house and he shot a hole through the ceiling. Oh, he was in so much trouble. (laughs) He was in so much trouble. Obviously, nobody was hurt, but it went right through the ceiling, right through the attic and out the out the roof of the house. Sure, Dad was mad about that one. He was. Just a, little, just a little upset. Well, folks, there you have it. If you have any ideas for us on how, just about gun safety, you know, we should do a little more, another segment one time just about gun safety. Anyway, that's great. We'll be back in just a moment. Hey, everyone. This is Jenny Earhart with the Southern Sisters Radio Program. Tune in to our show every Saturday at noon on AM 920, where we talk about life, love, happiness, lots of Southern food, and Southern culture in general. You can also catch our show live on Facebook. So check out our videos at Southern Sisters with Jenny Earhart. Southern Sisters Radio, the show for Southern women and the men who adore them. Never know how much I love you Never know how much I care When you put your arms around me I get a fever that's so hard to bear You give me fever When you kiss me Fever when you hold me tight Fever 
In the morning, fever all through the night. And welcome back to the Southern Sisters Radio Show. Now, I gotta tell you, that song makes me feel pretty good about having a fever. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you know, that may, this song may be the best thing about the flu. Because <laughs> there's not much good about it, I can tell you that. My poor administrative assistant, Jeanette, was out for 10 days. Do you know that poor child? Bless her heart. She had both versions of the flu. She had A and B or whatever. Oh my the gosh. Two, yeah. At wow. the same time. Can you imagine? Oh. Can't catch a break. I felt so sorry for her. Bless her little heart. Uh, it just really did a number on her and so many other people that I have known. Mm. I mean, it's it's uh, it is a particularly virulent uh, and just a testable strain. Right. I've had it around the house for about a week now. Oh. It seems like everybody in the house but me. Oh, my mom had it too. Yeah. Your so, mom had it as so well. So four of the six, me and the littlest, have been fine. So no, we've been uh, it is, hyping up the vitamin C like it's going you, out of style. You have to. You have to. Right. <laughs> I got to tell you, this year's flu season is already the most widespread on record since health officials began tracking about 13 years ago and has already caused the deaths of more children than what normally would be expected at this time of the year. Wow. Do you know that during the second week of January, more people sought care for flu-like illnesses than at any comparable period in nearly a decade? What? The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention's most recent weekly report shows 10 children died in the week ending January 13th. That terrible, bringing the total number of pediatric deaths this flu season to 30. And more than 9,000 people have been hospitalized with laboratory-confirmed influenza since the season started in October. Oh, my god! It is bad. Wow, yeah, this is a bad one. You know, bad I don't one. I don't know really what it is about this particular strain, but there's such something different about this one. Right. Some of you the know? little stuff that I've seen talked about, this is just a harder one than usual. Right. This one's more uh, uh, resistant to the drugs. To the drugs. Oh. The Tamiflu's not really doing much to it. Right. It's helping. I know that the Tamiflu's doing a good job of helping with the fever. Right. But not the aches But not the all pains. the other nasty the one, symptoms. The worst, worst part. Yeah. Well, you might be asking yourself, you know, is there something particularly bad about this year's strain? Yes. What is it? Well, this season, the predominant strain is also the nastiest. It's called H3N2 which causes the worst outbreaks of the two influenza A viruses and two types of influenza B viruses. And they circulate among people, and they are responsible. That is what's responsible for the epidemic. Yuck. It's, it's awful. Mm-mm. Now, as top CDC flu expert Daniel Jurgensen said, of the viruses we hate, we hate H3N2 more than all the others. This strain, which has been around for about 50 years, I was surprised to hear that. Oh, wow. It's not necessarily a new strain, um, but it's able to change more quickly to get around the human body's immune system than the other viruses. Uh, It's a bad one. It is so bad. And you know what? It can affect people different ways. Right. So some people might have just a couple of the symptoms and the unfortunate ones may have all of them. It's the fever. Mm -hmm. Right. Or feeling feverish with chills, the cough, the sore throat, the runny nose, the muscle and body aches. Those are the worst. Right now, the the this year's vac- vaccine, as you said, is not particularly effective. Yeah, as sad as that is, most of the most of the cases of confirmed flu have been from people who actually who got actually the flu shot. got the vaccine. Oh, Isn't man. that all? That's kind of depressing, actually. It is. Now, how long do you think the flu is going to last, and when is it going to peak? Now, the flu is very unpredictable. The exact timing and duration can vary, but influenza activity often begins to increase in October, and most of the time. Flu activity peaks around December through February. Mm. Got it? Now, believe it or not, though, it can pop up a little bit in March as well. Oh, so, no. I'm hoping that by the first week of spring, this will be completely gone. Yeah, please. Right? Goodness. And you need to watch for some of the more serious symptoms, particularly in children. Do not wait. 
You know, if it's right. looking bad, particularly in our young ones, particularly high fevers, the fevers spike, you need to take them in, right? Absolutely. And, and they don't do as well. You know what I'm saying? Right. Well, that's the thing, too, is that if influenza is left untreated, it can turn into things like pneumonia. It, it can cause, you know, bad issues with like bronchitis, upper yeah, respiratory infections, right? and you've still got the flu while those happen. While so those are going on. you still got all the aches and the it's high like fevers. It's yeah. like the spinoff sicknesses. Right, exactly. Right, it's, that it, come it, in. It can get out of control real fast, oh, for sure. Oh, goodness gracious. Yep. Well, so you might be asking yourself, if you've got it now, what kind of treatment is available? What is best? Antiviral drugs such as Tamiflu can lessen the symptoms and shorten the duration of the illness. Most people who get the flu have mild is illness and don't necessarily need antiviral drugs. Mm. But people who are very sick or people who have those really bad flu symptoms, they, as you said, Nick, they are at a high risk for serious complications. Mm. Those spinoff problems yep. that can just be a real bear. Littler kids and the elderly. The elderly, yes. anybody with chronic conditions or diabetes or heart disease, everything is worse for them. Yeah, so you really need, need, to, need to get a hold of it early. Now, what can you do to avoid getting sick? And the single most important thing to do is prevent the spread of the germs, obviously, right? Wash your hands frequently. Now, my daughter called me a Purell Nazi this past week. <laughs> yes, indeed. Me too. I've got, was, one of the, I've got one of the big jugs with a little you? nozzle on it. Yeah. I'm rocking one of those. Yeah, I need a, I, <laughs> I need a, I need a bottle of them like in, in holsters on the side, you know? <laughs> Pull them out. Yes. Whip it out and squirt Please. that in everybody's hands. I don't care if it's rude. You know, If you want to shake my hand, you need to, uh, well, you know Sanitize. what? I actually, I actually, at market this week, you know, our, our company went to market. We were doing a lot of fist bumps. Yeah. Kind of, mm-hmm. you know, the outside yep. right there. Right. So what you want to do is avoid the spread of germs. That's what we were talking about. What you can do is like isolate your toothbrushes. Yep. You know, there are some families that stick all their toothbrushes in one little cup together in the bathroom, like a shared bathroom. Yes. You don't want to do that. No, you don't. Spread them out. If you've had the flu, they say it's best just to throw that toothbrush away after you after you've recovered. Absolutely. You want to launder your bedding frequently. Mm-hmm. So if you've been sick or you share a bed with someone that's been sick. Clean the sheets and the pillowcases frequently. For those that are using humidifiers, you also want to um, clean those, right? You can have all kinds of things that can kind of build up oh, the yeah. viruses in the in the filters and Yuck. in the it can Yuck. it actually do more harm more harm than good actually. And by all means, what you really need to do, like I said before, guys, is you need to um, don't let it get a hold of you until it's too bad. You right yes. at the first sign of serious illness in you or your loved ones, you need to seek medical attention. You absolutely yes. do. Go to the doctor. Right? We don't want our listeners sick. No. Southern We're Sisters listeners, please take care of yourself. We're miserable when you're miserable. I know, right? And none of us wants to be miserable. We love y'all too much. <laughs> so anyway, take care of yourself. Wash your hands. Use that Purell. Change the toothbrushes and the sheets. And of course, tune in and listen to the Southern Sisters radio show. We'll be right back. In the morning, fever all through the night. Hey, y'all, it's Jenny Earhart from the Southern Sisters Radio Show. We love to talk about Southern culture, Southern life, everything that makes living in the South so fantastic. So join us every Saturday on AM 920 The Answer at 12 noon. Check us out online at southernsistershome.com. Welcome back to the Southern Sisters Radio Show. Cake by the ocean, cake in my kitchen, cake in the car. I don't care. Anywhere. Cake everywhere. Guess what today is, y'all? Oh. Oh. It's 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 my official national holiday. <laughs> it is National Chocolate Cake Day. Yay! 
Did you know there was such a thing? No, but I mean, isn't every day kind of chocolate cake? Uh, well, I think we've said that about a number of different <laughs> national food days. Okay, here here is the here is the controversy. Here is the conflict. January is also National Fat Free Month. What? I know. Come and on. I'm like, how can you have chocolate cake day if it's National Chocolate <sighs> ch- uh, ch- uh, National Fat Free Month? Uh, I ignore that part. We're know. not talking about that today. <laughs> We're focusing on the chocolate cake because hello, I have a quote in my first book. It says you can never be ungrateful when eating chocolate cake. This is a fact. Yes. Scientifically proven, I agree. And yes. that was actually a quote that I said. <laughs> <laughs> I usually try to quote other people in my books, right? But that one was just like, no, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> that's me. I said that and I meant it. Every word of it. That's true though. Mm. You can't you can't eat chocolate cake with a frown on your face. No. And nothing hurts when you're eating chocolate cake. True. You know, you could be at home with a with a with a you know, your foot in a cast laid up, but you're not even thinking about it when you're eating chocolate cake. Very good point. Right? Now if you have the flu, maybe. Maybe. You're not going to want chocolate cake if it'll you have the, the flu. flu. It'll make the flu suck less. Yes, well, right? This is true. <laughs> it sucks. makes things suck less. I love that. <laughs> well, guys, we are going to showcase a really fun, kind of yummy, delicious, super easy chocolate cake recipe. Ooh, I like easy. Now, I have got my world-famous gooey chocolate fudge cake recipe that is actually in my first book. Oh. So if you guys are interested in picking that up, you can on the website. It will also be, uh, we're going to post that on the blog on the website. Wonderful. So for that recipe, you can go to southernsistershome.com, click on the blog, check out Ginny's gooey chocolate fudge cake. Nom, nom, nom. But for those of you that can't wait for that, no, you got to have your chocolate cake right now. Ooh, you don't want to right wait. now. Well, you know, sometimes you just got to have it. It's a little bit of this sort of immediate gratification. That's okay. Sometimes. That goes on in the world. It's okay. It's okay when it comes to chocolate cake. <laughs> and I'm not waiting an hour to bake one. I just want one now. This is a great recipe if you just have that hankering and you want something quick. Or let's say that you're a college student. You could uh-huh. actually make this in your dorm or a little apartment. You know, oh. If you have the ingredients, I mean, you do have to have a few of these little ingredients, but right. it's in such small proportions. So I can make it in the dorm room? Yeah. Do I need to have a little burger? Well, top? Reed Drummond, this is, I'm, I'm attributing this recipe to Reed because this is a pioneer woman recipe, oh. and it's called, you know, cake in a mug, chocolate cake in a mug. Very nice. Um, and so she talks about, now, I, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you. When I was in college, I didn't necessarily have some of these ingredients sitting around. <laughs> I did not have, um, what's in here? I didn't have baking powder. I didn't right. have. I might have had chocolate chips. But, but can I can I ask you a question though? Yes. If you had known you could have made oh. chocolate cake in a mug, wouldn't you have probably I saved have done up it. a little? And- I would have done it. Hey, I've got a great idea for y'all that have have kids off at college. You could put together a couple of these little ingredients in little Ziploc bags, <gasps> and and your kids idea. could take it off with you. I mean, they could take it to you know take it to college and mix oh, it up when they're there. That's a great. They would have to have some milk and eggs, but they can you can buy a little you know, like a six little six pack of eggs. Yeah, keep it in their little mini fridge. Good point. And sometimes you just need yourself some chocolate cake. Yeah. This is what you're gonna do. It is gooey. It is warm when you eat it, so it's delicious. You just need a coffee mug. So that's the only special equipment you need. In fact, it's like a 12 ounce microwave safe coffee mug, maybe a ceramic one. You also need your microwave oven. Right. That's about it. Okay. <laughs> so here's what you're gonna do in the mug. You're going to put just three tablespoons of all-purpose flour. You'll need three tablespoons of sugar. You're going to need two tablespoons of cocoa powder, one-fourth teaspoon of baking powder, and just a little pinch of salt. And you want to stir those dry ingredients around in the bottom of your little microwave-safe ceramic Mm. coffee mug, okay? Just use a fork, right? Then you're going to add three tablespoons of milk, three tablespoons of vegetable oil, Maybe a little splash of vanilla if you have it. If you don't, 
Don't sweat it. It's okay. It's still good, right? And then one little trick that we have for keeping it moist is to put in about three tablespoons of chocolate chips because they're going to melt, right? As this little cake cooks in the microwave, Mm -hmm. they're going to be all melty and chocolatey and yummy. Yum. So you're going to stir all of that together, right? So it's blended until it's nice and smooth. You pop that little cup right into the microwave. You're going to cook it on high for six, uh, sorry, for 90 seconds. For 90 seconds, don't overcook it, right? Or the cake might be a little bit dry. You want to let it cool maybe two to three minutes so you don't burn your little tongue on those hot chocolate chips. And hello. That's it? That 90 seconds? It. 90 seconds in a coffee mug, and it is to die for. Oh, my gosh. Now, knowing me, you know, I'd put a little ice cream on top or maybe a little whipped cream yeah, yeah. or something, but you don't have to. You don't have to. It's wow. fabulous just as it is. There is your, we should we should change the name. Huh. It should be called immediate gratification chocolate cake. <laughs> For those of us that just can't wait. I need right? it now, chocolate cake. Right? <laughs> I think this would be fun if you have young kids at home. That right. could be the thing, they you know? They kind of make their own. Little chocolate, yeah, little chocolate cake in a mug. That's wonderful. Right? And since they're using the microwave, there's no hot burners. You know, so even little ones could do this. Yeah, absolutely. You know? or, or even something, too, I just thought about is, you know, you could maybe take this to work with you. Oh, Right? Take the ingredients to work with you and toss it together and yeah. make yourself a nice little dessert after lunch. You could be known hey. as, you know, Nick the Chocolate Chip Cake Mug Guy oh. at, at Salem Media Group. Oh, maybe. That, that's a good reputation to have. Yeah. It's a very good reputation. Well, you'd make the whole kitchen smell like chocolate and that's they'd all true. come right. And then you'd have to make them for everybody, Nick. Never mind. Oh, good point. No, that's <laughs> not going to work. Not going to work. <laughs> so there you guys go. So you just got to have a little chocolate cake. There it is. And of course, we're going to put the recipe on the website as well. So if you're driving right now, Pay attention to the road, right? There's time to make this when you get home. It'll be on the website. Just go to southernsistershome.com. Click on the blog. There it is. Okay. As if the weekend wasn't good enough, Mm -hmm. Nick. As if it couldn't get any better. Tomorrow, Sunday, is also National Blueberry Pancake Month. Now, there's something about blueberry pancakes. Campakes. Campakes. <laughs> oh, I really need to stop drinking on the way to the studio. Um, no, I'm, t- I'm joking. That was a joke. Um, no, the, guys, blueberry pancakes. Na- like that's something I could have every week. It's kind right. of a weekend thing for me. I don't have time to make them on the oh, on the weekend. Now, blueberry pancakes. Any resolutions mm-hmm. I had left are gone. Right. Well, uh, I gave, listen. My, I gave up on mine weeks ago. I've just I've decided I'm not even going to make them but anymore. It's only been three weeks. I just year. disappoint myself. I just disappoint myself. It, I set myself up for utter failure. Yeah, I think it's because I'm not making the right resolutions, right. the right no, ones. I'm right. making ones that are a little bit unattainable. Our resolutions need to be eat more chocolate cake and blueberry pancakes. That's right. That one I could, I, I would never <laughs> fail. I would never fail at that. I do that every day. No, but you know what? One of the things to know when you're when you're making pancakes, if you're not making them from a box, and I'm not going to criticize anybody that makes their pancakes from a box because I do it too occasionally, and there's nothing wrong with that. But if you want to do some homemade uh, pancakes at home. And I have a fabulous recipe in my first book as well mm-hmm. in Sunday in the South uh, for some Georgia pecan pancakes with Ooh. peach syrup that are amazing. But uh, the same principle here, the key is you want to know what you're doing to get those fluffy pancakes. Right. That's because that's something you don't want. Nobody likes the, the flat flapjacks. They come off the, the flat, they're kind of heavy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're like, like frisbees. <laughs> We don't want frisbee pancakes. We don't want frisbees. We want the nice fluffy ones. Mm. Did you know that there is a trick to that? Really? Yeah. So it's not just 
Making it, sure you put the right stuff in the well, pan. Well, no. Well, it's it's science. Oh. Now, for those of you that think that the Southern Sisters here, we only know about good food and entertaining and things like that, we actually know a little bit about science, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to cooking. True. Right? So have you ever actually wondered what makes a pancake fluffy? Why do pancake recipes always tell you not to overmix the batter? Have you heard that before? Yes. Don't beat it to death. Right. Okay. Now, the answer to these questions lie in a protein called gluten. Mm-hmm. Now, for those of us that don't have gluten intolerances, we can talk about this. <laughs> for those of you that do, just put your fingers in your ears for the next five minutes. And I'm sorry. <laughs> I am so sorry. But in this segment, what you need to remember is in this segment, we're going to talk about what it takes to make those little little pancakes nice and fluffy mm-hmm. and not rubbery and flat. Right. So pancake batter is composed of two crucial parts, dry ingredients, which is usually the flour, the sugar, the baking powder, right? Maybe the baking soda and the wet ingredients, which is usually milk, eggs and melted butter. Now, flour contains starch and protein. A starch is like a long chain of simple sugars. And a protein is a long chain like molecule made up of smaller molecules called amino acids. Flour contains a protein called glutenin, or gluten for short, which is crucial for the formation and structure of pancakes and baked goods. Gluten provides that chewy texture in pancakes and breads. So here's the trick, guys. When the flour is dry, gluten molecules do not move much. It's kind of like they're taking a little nap. Imagine that. You got your flour. There's a bunch of little gluten molecules, and they're just taking a little siesta, right? (laughs) Now, when the flour is moistened with water or milk or eggs, the gluten molecules become active. Wet gluten molecules are elastic and spring-like. When flour is mixed with water, gluten proteins loosen up from each other. They stretch out and begin to rearrange. Kind of like me after two glasses of wine. (laughs) You're getting the picture. Gotcha. I've got a good picture painted (laughs) right now. Then they form a web-like network of proteins that are able to trap air bubbles. When chemical leaveners such as baking powder, when that creates bubbles in the cooked pancake, the gluten network traps those bubbles and allows the pancake to rise and stay fluffy. So we don't want to beat that network, that web to death and make it collapse. That's why you just mix it till it's combined. You can even have a few little bits of dried flour mixed in there still. It's not going to hurt. Wow. Yeah, and that's your key. That makes a lot of sense. Chances are, if you've got a flat, ugly, heavy pancake, you may have overmixed the batter. You beat it too much. You don't want to do that. <laughs> you don't want to. Hey, how would you like to hear about my favorite pancake recipe? Yes, let's okay. get the blueberries this in. Is our, this is going to be our Georgia blueberry pancakes. And, you know, I even love to top them with a little peach syrup, Ooh. which is kind of nice. Yeah. Here's how I do it. And these homemade pancakes, they combine the fluffy texture of traditional buttermilk pancakes with sweet blueberries. And just it just it's it's just a perfect combination, mm-hmm. right? So in a large mixing bowl, you're going to whisk together two cups of flour, four tablespoons of sugar, one and a half teaspoons of baking powder, a teaspoon of baking soda, and just a little pinch of salt. You're then going to add two cups of buttermilk. Folks, this makes it so good. It's worth buying that little quart mm-hmm. of buttermilk for uh, just, just for this recipe. You're going to need one egg and a little teaspoon of vanilla. You're going to whisk it together just until you don't have any big lumps. But as I said before, don't beat it to death. 
You're going to preheat a griddle or a large skillet over medium heat. I like to rub the griddle with a little oil just to prevent sticking. And you're going to pour about one half cup portions of the batter onto the heart, uh, hot griddle. You're then going to sprinkle the pancakes with those fresh blueberries. Mm. And I'm a little anal about this. I, I get in there and I have to space the blueberries out perfectly. Oh, yeah. you got to be the equidistant apart. Something is wrong with me. <laughs> Something is wrong. If you saw me hovering over my griddle, like like counting them out and like... Nothing wrong with being particular uh, about your pancakes. You think so? Nothing wrong with Some that. people have another word for that, but particular is a nice one. <laughs> I appreciate the use of that word, Nick. Bless Thank your you. Heart. I'm a little bless. Oh, oh, oh! I know exactly how you meant that. Bless your heart. Yeah, that that wasn't the sweet kind. That was the uh, she's a little pitiful kind. That's that's what that meant. <laughs> so here's what you're love gonna you do. Too. Oh, I love you too, Nick. So here's what you're gonna do after you've distributed your blueberry uh, your blueberries on top of that wet pancake. You're gonna let the, the uh, pancake cook until it starts to bubble a little bit. You want to flip it, cook it for another maybe three minutes, two to three minutes, and and remove the pancakes. Mm. Let me tell you something. These are fabulous. I to say. That's... And if you haven't overbeaten the batter, they'll be fluffy. Ah, uh, yes. Mm-mm, if you haven't mm-mm, overbeaten. Mm-mm. Little butter, little maple syrup. Mm-mm. All is right with the world. That's great. Yeah. That's follow great. it up with a piece of our chocolate cake and you are on a sugar high for the rest of the day, <laughs> folks. That's how we roll here at the Southern yes. Sisters Radio Show. Anyway, so there you go, guys. Once again, the blueberry pancakes recipe will also be on the blog. Go to southernsistershome.com. Click on the blog and you will see the recipes. Let us know what you think of them too we love to hear from our listeners you know you can email me anytime you want radio at southern sisters home.com we'll be back right back with the ways to stay happy we're going to train your brain hey y'all it's jenny Earhart from the southern sisters radio show have you checked out our website southern sisters home.com we have the most gorgeous array of gourmet flower sack towels they will look fabulous in your kitchen and they're complete with all sorts of southern sayings designs go to our website and check us out southern sisters home.com and guess what we have a promo going on right now 30 percent off your order just put in promo code sisters at checkout also free shipping on all u.s orders And welcome back to the Southern Sisters show. Oh, I'm feeling happy today. I am mostly happy to be back in the studio. I'm happy to see my wonderful producer, Nick, that I have missed so much. I am happy that I have got my iPad on a new stand that jiggles and dances on top of my desk. <laughs> telling you, folks, if you if you listen to Woo! us on the radio, you're missing the great behind the scenes with Facebook Live. She's over here. This iPad is dancing crazier than it's she insane. does. It's, it's basically a little gadget that kind of sort of elevates my iPad up in the air. It's got like a, uh, a spring in it or something, I guess. Something, I guess. Kind of dances around there. Kind of fun. <laughs> it's cool, hey, though. Hey, listen, your brain is simply built with a greater sensitivity to unpleasant news. Why is that? I don't like that. I don't like that about my brain. I understand it. Yeah, right. Kind of the preparedness for bad things and whatnot. I, I right. guess I get a little bit, but yeah, it's sad. And you, we all kind of know people that 
are really bad at that. Like they they're kind of kind of Debbie Downers. Right. They watch the news too much. Yeah. Let's be right? fair. Turn off the TV sometimes, <laughs> folks. Right. Don't turn off the radio though, especially not when our show's oh, on. No. <laughs> but the bias is so automatic in our brains that it can be detected at the earliest stages of a brain's information processing. Did you know that our brains have a negative bias? Now, guys, it's unfortunate, but it's true. And here's an example of one of the several experiments by John Capicola, right, a professor at the University of Chicago. Capicola said he showed a bunch of people some images known to produce positive feelings. For example, a cute animal, a nice car, the smiling face of my producer, Nick, you know, something like that. Then he showed the same group images associated with negative and neutral emotions. The images of the cerebral cortex demonstrate that the brain produces more electrical activity following negative stimuli. Right. So this is a biological thing. Wow. Right. Kind of sad. We attribute the brain's tendencies to focus on the negative once again to our fight or flight response. True. It was a it's a survival technique, basically. Yeah. In the past, we needed to be aware. Yeah. Bad things coming your way. Get away. Absolutely. If you've ever observed any animals in the wild, like deer, I know Earl has when he's out hunting, right? When they hear a stick crack behind them, they're not thinking, oh, maybe it's another deer coming up to play with me. Right. They're They're thinking, oh, maybe it's somebody coming to eat me. Right. Right. And that's our natural instinct. It's our natural too. So if we make the practice of positive thinking habitual, we will witness positive transformations in just about every area of our life. We'll begin to think, feel and act with more positivity. In turn, these effects will improve our relationships, make us more productive, create powerful feelings of gratitude. I love that. I've always said the key to happiness is gratitude. Yes. Right. And in general, enable us to see things in a more positive light. And that would be great. Mm -hmm. How do we do it? Okay. I'm going to give you six quick tips. All right. You can put them into practice tonight, Nick. Yes. Number one, (laughs) relish the present moment. Mm -hmm. Some people call this mindfulness and we've talked a little bit about this on the show before. Okay. So this is, this is very important. It's basically defining what a good life looks like to us and then being completely present in the positive attributes of what we're doing at the moment. Okay. It's like when you're there, You know, rather than thinking, oh, I'm stuck in traffic, I'm in the car, this is so depressing, I'm so angry, I've got road rage, whatever, Mm. right? Instead of that thinking, gee, my car is running. Right. It's not broken down. I'm listening to some good music. I got some Steely Dan on the radio right now. I sure do love that. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Pick out all the positive things that you're experiencing and focus on those and be mindful of it. Don't worry about what's going to happen tomorrow. Just stay present. That does help. Stay present. It helps a lot. How about this? We've talked about this a little before, too. Breathe mindfully. Of all the six tips, this might be the most important. Breathing has an incredible amount of power when you simply pay attention to it. Most times we are unaware of our breathing. This is true. Mm -hmm. All right. So unless you're a yoga master or something, your regular breath is probably suboptimal. Definitely too shallow. Shallow. So anger, anxiety, fear, stress, all of these things can contribute to shallow breathing. So all you really need is five minutes, folks. Whether or not you're anxious, sad or whatever, take five minutes a day to focus on your breath. Here's how you do it. Let's try it right now, Nick. Here we are. Sit upright, but not too tight. Shoulders back, chest out. Rest your hands in a peaceful position. Got it? Okay. Then what we're going to do is Focus on the sensations of your nostrils and breathe in deeply for three seconds. The inhale should fill your belly and your diaphragm. 
right? Mm -hmm. And then slowly exhale for six seconds. So out, one, two, three, four, five, six. If you can repeat that six times, right, then that's going to give you an incredible amount of power, simply paying attention to it. It's a good thing to do in the car, I think. Yeah. I find the car to be a kind of a stressful place. Right. It can be. So breathe in and then breathe out. Let your exhale take twice as long. Mm. And then repeat this process four or five times. See if you feel different. I can feel different a little already. Do you feel better already? Yeah. Gosh, you already look happier, Nick. <laughs> He's got a big smile on his face. Another thing you can do to train your brain to be happier is to express gratitude. It's human nature to always think about the next big thing, whatever that may entail. Look at your own life. Have you ever like, constructed a scenario when the ultimate happiness would manifest? Like you'll say, when I finish college, I'll be happy. When I get that great you know, job, I get that great home, then I'll be happy. But make no mistake, there are so many possibly beautiful things around you right where you are. If you're always thinking about the future, you're going to focus on that and not appreciate the present moment. So don't give the future too much power over you. Be happy in your moment and grateful for the things that you have. How about smiling? Okay. I know it sounds like a simple thing. My grandmother used to say this, and I just rolled my eyes at her when I was a teenager. I'm like, why do I, I don't feel like smiling. Flashing an ear-to-ear grinner has a particular type of magic. Many studies show that smiling, whether or not we feel like it, produces happiness within the brain and body. How about that? Scientifically proven. Wow. Yeah. The brain waves change. How about simplifying? Now, whether we're addicted to our phones, <laughs> buying things we don't need, overeating, or overcomplicating our work, many of us can benefit from simplifying our lives. Simplifying and its close cousins which are minimalism and decluttering, can make your life a lot easier. Things to think about simplifying. Less clothing, Mm -hmm. less clutter, more open space. I love open space. We have a lot of it at our new new studio, right? Eliminating debt, going carless. Well, that might be hard for me. Yeah, it depends on your lifestyle. Have to live in a city. Yeah, (laughs) limiting your expectations. These are all ways, folks, that you can train your brain to be happy. I'm going to work on them this week. I think we all should. I've been a little too grumpy. (laughs) It's time to be happy again. Folks, we are so happy that you joined us this week for the Southern Sisters Radio Show. It is great to be back in the studio. Looking forward to you listening to us next week from Southern Sisters New Studio at the Battery Atlanta at SunTrust Park. Send me an email, radio at southernsistershome.com, and have a great, great week.